morning. So good to see everyone. Thank you for joining us online. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. And it is good to be back here today sharing. Uh, the last three weeks, John has led us through uh, the, the core central part of this series. And today we're going to talk about slowing. We're going to talk about slowness. Now, generally, if you're called slow, it's not a compliment. And in our society, when we talk about slowing, so often we're encouraged to hurry. And a big emphasis this summer has been this idea of this lack of hurry, this slowing down, this taking a breath of not worrying about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worry of its, or today has enough worry of its own. And so this slowing pace. Earlier this summer, I asked the staff in a staff meeting, I said, what would it be like for you to slow, to, to have some sort of rest? What would that look like? Now, some of the staff members, they let me know. Others, I think, are still processing it because they don't know the answer quite yet. But what I asked for this summer was three Sundays in a row where I was not speaking. And John willingly said, I'll take those three. And it was refreshing the last number of weeks to be able to come, to listen, to be, to sit, and, and also to knock off a lot of projects along the way during the week. And so I'm really thankful for John, and I'm thankful for the many compliments and comments that you've given towards the messages, how you've been applying these things to your life, how you've realized some things. And I'm just thankful for those weeks that we could stop. But during those weeks, I felt a gap. Because normally preparing a message, it takes many hours. Whether it feels like that or it comes across like that, there's many, many hours that are put into messages. And I realized there was a gap during these three weeks. And I started asking myself, do I feel more faithful to God the busier I am? I was processing this question. And the answer I came up with was absolutely yes. Without question. Unequivocally, yes. I feel more faithful to God the busier I am, the more I'm doing for God. Doing for God. And it was one of these gut checks. And as I've discovered over the last year or two, and even being reminded this week, that our doing so often distracts us from our being. Our doing so often distracts us from our being. And you, so, you may be saying like, okay, we've been talking about this for a long time. I, we, I get the point. Not here, but here and here and here. Is that we rest in the presence of the Lord. Our being is so much more important than our doing. See, our doing should spur us on, or I'm sorry, our being should spur us on towards the doing, not the doing to the being. See, we like to do things because we feel good about them, we feel needed, we feel important, we feel accomplished. And these are all good things, but they can become idols in our life. They can become items that we worship. We worship the doing instead of the being. Two weeks ago, my son Evan and I, we uh, went on a backpacking trip. Our plan was two nights and three days in the Manistee National Forest, and we were going to hike along the Manistee River Trail. We talked about this trip for about a year. We planned for a number of months, and we packed. Many, many hours were put into packing this trip. And so we arrived at the trailhead ready to go. We were so excited. We were there. We were eager. 
And I love the smile on Evan's face there. And so we got our gear out of the car, and I went over to the box where there's an envelope, and you're supposed to fill this envelope up, you know, put some money in to park there, and you write down how many days you're going to be out there and how many people are going out. And I got this envelope, and I went back to the car, and I thought, I don't have a pen. And so I'm looking through my car, and there's not a pen. I'm looking through our packs, there's not a pen. And I start walking around the parking lot. Someone, please, have dropped a pen or a pencil on the ground. I'm looking at the ground because I don't have a pen. And so there's me, I'm like, well, we'll just go into the woods. We'll be fine. And I'm like, no, no, I can't do that. And so I'm like, sorry, buddy, we got to load our stuff back up. we got to drive back down the road to this little store we saw many miles back and get a pen. So we throw our stuff in there, and we drive back to the store, and we fill this out, and we drive back to the trailhead, and we get our stuff out again, and, and we're all ready to go. And we start hiking down this trail. Here we go. We're, we're going down this trail. We get on the trail. We get about a half mile down the trail. And I'm like, oh, buddy, I think I forgot to lock the car. <laughs> so I'm like, sorry, come on back. And we start heading back towards the car. And I'm just hitting my, my button on there, just praying for the honk on the horn, just somewhere along here. And we're hiking and we're hiking. We finally get close enough where I hear it honk. And he's like, Dad, let's just go. And I'm like, all right, we got it. We're good. And so we start going down this trail. And we get to the point where I had mapped this out. I had looked at this, and there's a switchback that happens. And at the switchback, I, on the map, it looked like the river was going to be right there. And we get to the switchback, and there's not a river near the trail. It's far down away still. And going into this trip, I thought, you know what, Chris, you're just going to be slow. You're going to enjoy this trip. You're going to go at a pace. You're not going to plan this out. You are just going to go at Evan's pace. Whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants to look at, you're just going to go slow. And so already from the lack of the pen and the, the locking of the car and the switchback not being right by the river where I hoped to find this trail, anxiety is starting to rise within me because I know rain is coming that night. And so I said, Evan, we, we just need to get to our campsite, you know, before it starts raining so we can set up. And so we hike and we hike and we hike and we hike and we get lost. We lose the trail. And I see the river. I, I know generally where we're going, so we start following it up. And I'm carrying his pack at this point along with my own pack because he's exhausted. We've already walked far, further than we planned that entire day, and we're not even to the other side of the river. And so all I'm thinking about is get to the camp get to the camp, set up, set up. Uh, I'm picking up a pace fast. Evan's like, Dad, please slow down. So I slow down, but in my mind, I'm just thinking camp, camp, camp. And we get across the river, and he is noticing things along the way. And I'm having this tension in my mind of like, we need to get to the campsite. He's like, but Dad, there's a waterfall. Can we look at this? I'm like, buddy, let's, let's get to our site. We'll come back to it tomorrow. And we're walking along, and there's another beautiful creek. And he's like, Dad, can we, can we stop? I'm like, we'll get to it tomorrow. We just got to get there because it's going to rain tonight. We're hiking along, and, and there's a snake right in the middle of the, the, the path. It's two to three foot long, eastern hog nose snake. And I don't notice it at all. And he's like, Dad, there's a snake. And I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> we're hiking along further, and we're looking for a campsite, like anywhere to camp. And I just keep going by, and he's like, Dad, there's a campsite right here. There's a sign that has a little camping thing on it. I am just so focused on getting to this place and my pace is increasing. And maybe you've been there. Or maybe you're there. Where you keep thinking, I'm going to do that thing tomorrow, but I've got to get this other thing done today. 
I want to live a slow pace. I want to slow down and notice what God is doing in me and around me. But your mind is so locked onto that one thing you have to do, those two things, those three things that you have to do, that you start to hurry. The reason we've been talking about solitude and silence and Sabbath and simplicity and slowing now today is because that's not the way God intended our life to be, is this quick pace. And we don't have to physically move quickly. We can mentally move quickly. We can be worried about things. These are all elements of hurry. So maybe you're, like me, fast-paced looking for the answer. Maybe we need to be more like Evan, noticing these things along the path. And so today I invite you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. A story of recognizing a voice, recognizing a call, slowing enough to understand what is happening. And I encourage you to read the first two chapters, maybe later today or this week of 1 Samuel. But just a brief recap, Hannah had been praying for a child, and God answered her prayer. And Hannah dedicated Samuel, her son, to God, and ended up leaving him with Eli, the high priest, the tabernacle, to serve in the presence of God. And Eli, he raised and and cared for Samuel, but Eli also had two sons, and they were not very good guys. And you can read about what they were doing and how they were really desecrating worship and the tabernacle and the presence of God. In fact, in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 2, verse 12, it says Eli's sons were scoundrels. Other translations say wicked or evil or corrupt, and they had no regard for the Lord. And we're going to see here that Samuel is, is really the opposite, is one who serves, one who listens and does what the Lord calls him to do that Eli's sons were just doing what they wanted to. They were enjoying, they were just embracing and taking everything in a hurried way. But starting in chapter three, verse one, it says this, it says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. So let's just pause there for a moment. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. So if the word of the Lord is rare and there's not many visions, it creates a doing type of society, a doing type of service at the tabernacle, a doing for the Lord. Is that if if God's not speaking to us or we're not hearing God, we're just going to do what we think God wants us to do. And so we pick up this pace. This is what Eli's sons were doing. They were doing whatever they wanted because, well, God's not speaking to us. These visions are rare. We'll just, we'll just do what we feel is right. But there is a faithfulness that I want you to notice here for Eli and for Samuel. They continue to serve the Lord. And continues on in verse two, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. 
The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. If you are a follower of Jesus, God is speaking all the time to you. God is speaking through the word. God is speaking through prayer. God is speaking through the Holy Spirit. God is speaking to you in your heart and your mind by the Spirit of God. God is speaking to you through others. But like Samuel, you may not know that it's him. You may write comments off or thoughts off or impressions off or you're reading the scripture. You're like, oh, that's really good. But we're not listening. We're not attuned to the voice of God. We so often believe that God is playing hide and go seek with us. And we'll have this impression, this impression of, of like, Hey, Al, you need to encourage Judy. And then, and it's like God is hiding, and Al's going like, wait, did God say something? Or maybe that's just a thought that came to mind that, meh, I don't know if I should encourage Judy. Yeah, you should encourage Judy. It's, it's God speaking there. Or maybe there's another thing where, like, you get a correction. Like, hey, Tim, da-da-da-da, whatever it may be. We're like, hmm, I wonder if that was God. It's kind of like, I look around, I don't see God. God must be hiding. No, God is speaking. God is speaking to us. These prompts that come to us, whether it's in the word or through prayer, or we're in a situation where we're talking to someone and there's this prompt that comes upon us, God is speaking to us. We may not be listening. We may be going like, well, how do I know it's God's voice? Well, here's two tests. Does it align with the word of God? This infers that we understand the word of God, that we study the word of God, that we read the word of God. And then also, does it cause me to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and bring glory to God? These are two very simple tests. Does it align with the word of God? So if you get a prompting, a thought, or whatever it is, if it is, hey, you need to love this person, you need to encourage Judy, hey, you need to correct this in your life. If it aligns with the word of God, yes, it's God speaking to you. Does it cause you to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and bring glory to God? If the answer is no, not God speaking to you. If the answer is yes, it's God speaking to you. Whether it's through the word of God or prayer or a prompting, whatever it may be. But so often what we do is we pray for something, we get an answer, and we're like, hmm, maybe that wasn't God. I don't really want to do that. So I'm just going to stop. God always answers our prayers. We don't have time to dig into this, but it's always either a yes, a no, or hold on, I'm working on something. God is always responding to us. So many of us get frustrated when we pray. We just like, uh, God, I don't hear you. You're not answering me right now. Where are you? I just prayed like five seconds ago. You need to answer me now. Uh, okay, I'll do whatever I want. There's a hurry in our life. God's timetable is radically different than ours. His pace is radically different than ours. Some of you have been praying for things for 40 years and you're still faithfully praying. Keep at it. Some of you have prayed a prayer and like three seconds later, the phone rings and it's answered. That's great. 
Some of you have prayed for something and the answer has been no and you don't understand it. God is still at work and God is speaking to us through these situations, through these times. And we see Samuel and there was many prayers prayed. He was serving in the Lord's presence. He was doing the Lord's work, but he missed the Lord's voice. This is where I love in this passage that there's counsel of others, godly counsel that comes in. So if you're struggling with something, you're asking something, you're praying something, and you're like, I don't really know. What godly counsel is around you? Who are you listening to? So here in verse nine, it says, so Eli told Samuel, this godly counsel that was there, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. So if you're the type that's taking notes, if you're the type that underlines in your Bible, you can circle this verse, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Circle it, underline it, put stars next to it, arrows next to it, smiley faces next to it, whatever it is, make it stand out. Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. See, throughout scripture, we see other individuals who are hearing for the Lord or asking to hear from the Lord. And they would say things like Samuel did early on. It's here I am. In verse four, he said, here I am. But also Abraham, when God spoke to him, Abraham replied with, here I am. Jacob replied with, here I am. Isaiah replied with, here I am. Moses replied with, here I am. Ananias replied with, here I am. All of these individuals slowed themselves to hear God's voice with humility saying, here I am. Here I am. Speak, for your servant is listening. When we're available to the word of God speaking to us, when we're available in prayer, when we're available to sit with others and allow the spirit of God to work in us, these are these holy moments that God speaks to us. He's always speaking. It's whether or not we're listening. More often than not, I miss what God is saying. I want to hear God all the time, but I hurry too often. It's when I slow, I'm like, oh, yeah, yep, yep. By a show of hands, how many of you have been on a mission trip, some sort of like retreat, like prayer retreat or like women's retreat or men's retreat. Don't be, don't, be, don't be shy or had like an extended prayer time or like whatever it may be. Okay, so lots of people here. Why is it in those type of situations you hear, you hear God? I think most of the people that raise their hand would be like, yeah, God spoke to me and, and, and I was just challenged in this way. I was encouraged in this way on this trip, this retreat, whatever it is. Why is that? Well, you're focused, right? You're saying, here I am. I'm here to serve. I'm here 
to be alert to what God is doing in me and through me. These are these like set aside moments where we stop the hurry and the busyness and the bustle and we're just like, I'm here. Speak. For your servant is listening. Psalm 37 says this, it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, for it leads only to evil. Again, some key phrases in there of what the psalmist tells us about the slowing is be still, wait patiently. Do not fret. Those are probably three things that I struggle with. Anyone else? Be still, don't fret, wait patiently. Any experts in here? I need to sit with you and learn from you. And then it's saying refrain from anger, turn from wrath, don't fret. Because there's this patience. Sometimes when we're like, all right, God, this is what I've prayed, but eh, this is not happening like I, I thought you were going to do that. And so we get angry. Wrath comes out, we fret. God's like, no, 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 hold on, I'm working. I'm working. And Habakkuk, I love this in chapter two. This is this book of, of like complaint against God and God responds. And it's this really interesting interaction. But Habakkuk, he, he says this, he says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. And I will answer. And what answer I am to give to this complaint. So let's pause here for a moment and look at this. He just said, God, here's my prayer. And then this is like the end of the first part of the prayer. I will stand. He doesn't say I'll run, I'll walk, I'll pace, I'll stand. I'm going to station myself. I'm waiting. And I will look, not like this, but I will look to see. I picture this, I'm looking out over the field here, just this, like, I'm looking. I'm looking for, God, your answer. I'm not frantic. I'm standing here. I'm stationing myself. I'm here. So slowing is not just about a health fix. Slowing is not just about a mental release or an emotional well-being. Slowing and why we've been talking about this is to know the heart of God. So how do we know the heart of God? Just three simple but yet so difficult realities. First, we need to be still. Second, we need to look. And third, we need to listen. All very simple realities in theory, but the way the world moves and how we get into that same pace wars against our soul when our soul is crying out to be still for us to look and to listen. For God, he desires these things from us. So briefly on each one of those. What was Samuel doing when God called him? 
it's a spiritual thing, right? He was sleeping. He was resting, right? He wasn't doing for God in that moment. He was resting. He was sleeping. Woo, that's good. He was still. He was available. And this is not a call to laziness. I love how a couple weeks ago, John was just calling people out. Like how Sabbath is not about just sitting on the couch and being lazy because you're supposed to Sabbath. That's not Sabbath, that's laziness. I love that you're saying that. This rest is this like refreshing. It's like being with family and friends and engaging in life. The same thing is that when we're still, it's not about laziness, it's about this rest. Think of those that I mentioned earlier who said, here I am. They were in seasons of often conflict, but they were in this place of, of pause. Abraham was, was almost ready to sacrifice his son. And if that was me in that situation, I would be taking the longest pause in the entire world. I would be still being like, all right, God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Waiting. Jacob was in conflict with someone else. Isaiah was in grief after the loss of someone that he loved and respected. Moses was tending sheep. And as we talked about at the very first week of this series, is in Matthew 11, Jesus calls us to come to him. Everyone who's weary and burdened and that he will give us rest. So we need to be still. Hearing God's voice is about stillness, about the slowing. The second thing, I love what Habakkuk says, I will look to see. Like I said, it's not hurried or it's not rushed. It's about being aware. I want you to take a look at a clip. I showed this a number of years ago, but let's, let's, let's show it again here. This is an awareness test. How many times did the team in white pass the ball? Did you see the moonwalking gorilla? True? It's easy to miss something you're not looking for. We can be so hooked on, focused on how many times is a team in white passing the basketball that we miss what God is doing in the middle of that scenario and scene. See, when we're still, we pause. When we look, when we're attentive to what God calls us to be attentive to, listening for his voice, listening for him, seeing what he's doing around us, we notice. But if we're not looking for the moonwalking gorilla, we're not going to notice. We look. So where do we look? How do we look? What are we looking for? What is it that God's calling us to? Is this looking? It's being still. I'll set my gaze. The last thing is to listen. I hope you don't look past or reject the patience of God in another person's life 
nor in your own. Consider the patience of God in calling Samuel. He didn't call Samuel once and be like, well, Samuel didn't hear me the first time. I'm done with him. He called Samuel again and again and again. He wants our attention. He wants that relationship. God is a patient God with me, with you. And he keeps calling us and he's like, just, just come to me. Come to me. I'm waiting. Some of you just feel so guilty because you've just held God like this for the longest time or you've put things in the way or whatever it is that you, you feel like God is just done with you. That's a giant lie from the pit of hell. God loves you. God wants to know you. God wants you to know him. God waits. And in Isaiah, the Lord is speaking through Isaiah to the people of Israel, the people who live in Jerusalem. And, and there is this conflict going on. And I just want to skip ahead to verse 21. It says this. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. See, I love how we, we follow Jesus. And I just picture the spirit of God walking behind us. Saying, all right, Chris, you, you turn to the, the left here. I want you to walk in this way. I'm here with you. We walk this way. Hey, I'm with you, but I want you to walk in this way. All right. Love this verse. Whether you turn to the right or the left, some of you are turning different directions, going all over the place. The Spirit of God's still there saying, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. I'm still working in you and through you and around you. Just walk with me. Walk with me. The slowing pace. We're called to a slower pace than the world around us is running. I was reading articles about the projection of the pace of life and how it will increase in the next 20 years, and it is terrifying. But we, as followers of Christ, we're called to be countercultural, to offer a different way, because Jesus offered a different way. And so we, as followers of him, we need to walk in the slower pace. Walk with him. It's not just about tomorrow, it's about today. Because I said tomorrow we would go see that waterfall. Tomorrow we would go see that creek. Tomorrow we would go back to this area. Because today was about being fast, so tomorrow would be slow. We arrived at our campsite around 6 p.m. that night. We got settled, and it was gorgeous, to say the least. There we are, Evan, sitting at our campfire. We cooked dinner. We talked. We talked about the next day of what it would be. We prepared for the rain that was coming. And after dinner, about 8 o'clock, I pulled up the radar one last time on my phone. I looked at it, and I thought, uh-oh. What was going to be two-mile-an-hour wind with some rain had turned into a strong storm. They were predicting a three-hour-long storm that night with strong winds. 
We had seen three other people the entire day. We were three to four miles back in the woods. Took me a while to realize that there wasn't going to be a tomorrow there. There wasn't going to be multiple days backpacking. So we quickly packed up our campsite, threw everything on our back, and we hiked out. We walked past the waterfall and the creek and where we saw the snake and where we went across the bridge. And as I walked, I grieved. Because I knew as we were heading out that that storm was too strong to stay out there. It was too strong to even stay in the car and sleep there and come back out the next day. That night we drove home. And although we had an amazing talk and amazing memories that were there, I grieved because tomorrow wasn't going to come. I had missed the opportunities that day because I was hurried. I didn't allow a slow pace to lead me. I didn't allow moment after moment of connection with Evan and conversation to take place in those times when, in all reality, we would have been fine. We would have made it to our campsite. We would have been able to set up, but I was hurried. So I ask you as we close this series, where is there hurry in your life? Where are you hurrying and sacrificing in your world? Saying, I'll do that tomorrow. How could life be different if it wasn't defined by hurry? How could relationships with other human beings be different? How could your relationship with God be different if we weren't hurried? God desires to know you. God desires for you to know him. God desires for us to have relationships around us that are just healthy and life-giving. And God is speaking all the time to us. We just miss his voice. God is patient. So I want to encourage you this week with a prayer. A prayer that Eli encouraged Samuel with. And a comment that so many have made in the past, blending this together. Is when you feel rushed, when you feel hurried, when you just, maybe even when you wake up every morning, here I am, Lord. Speak, for your servant is listening. And allow the answer to that prayer to be the answer that guides every single step. And may we be patient with God as he's patient with us. Here I am, Lord. Speak, for your servant is listening. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you for the patience you have with us. Lord, how so often... You look at us and you desire just a slowing pace for us. God, so that we can know you better, we can know those around us better. Lord, that ultimately we can bring glory to your name. Lord, that we can walk in the ways and the purpose and the calling that you have set for each and every one of us. No matter where we're at in life, no matter our age, no matter where we've been or where we're going. Lord Jesus, that we would walk in this calling daily. So Jesus, I once again surrender to you and I pray that this would be the prayer of each and every person here this week and the weeks ahead is that with open hands we would say, here I am. Speak for your servant is listening.
Amen. Amen.